Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, and welcome to Can We Talk For Real, Block Talk Radio. My name is Terry, out of Chicago, and Michelle will be joining us in a few minutes. Just want to say welcome to the show. It's Wednesday night. I already know some of our listeners are probably in front of the TV set waiting for Empire to come on. So it's okay. We are recorded, so you can always go back and listen to us when you need to. Um, so, hey, Michelle. Technical, technical. It. We still can't hear you yet because it's still going around and around. But I'm quite sure you can hear me talking. <laughs> so, like I said, we know a lot of you know some of our listeners are probably watching the season comeback of uh, Empire, but we know you will be. Going Hello. in, archiving, listen to the show. Hey, Michelle. Okay. Now we can hear you. Okay, cool. It, just technically, it goes around and around and around to decide who wants to go okay. ahead and let you in. Well, How are you doing today? To us for the first, they can listen to us for the first 30 minutes and then go to Empire. That's true. You know, and then come back. Because exactly. they're going to want to know what they missed. Okay. So exactly. That works out. And we'll mm-hmm. still be here. <laughs> mm hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or if they're really dedicated, they can uh, record Empire and then go back Listen and forth. To us. So, yeah, how's that? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's how we, mm-hmm. see, there might be some questions people might have, and, you know, you can't ask a recording, you know, questions. Mm-hmm. There might be some comments you want to make. So, you know, thank you for joining us. We do appreciate you. So how's it going, Michelle? Well, it's going, it's going. Crazy weather, you know, warm, cold, warm, cold, you know. Warm, cold, wet, warm, it's, cold. It's supposed to snow. Oh, really? Yeah, we're supposed to get some snow. Let me see. Is it tomorrow morning? See, tomorrow morning, mm-hmm. one, of these, one of these next few days in the morning when it rains, it's supposed to be maybe light, light snow, and it's going to stop mm-hmm. right away. I'm like, okay, what's up with the weather? Uh-huh. Because I know, like, over the weekend, you know, like, one day it was, like, really nice, and you go and you have, you know, things that are trying to blossom and come out and everything on the trees and in the ground, and then it's cold. So it's like they stick their head up, and then they be like, oh, wait a minute, hold it. This wasn't yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yesterday was nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, they, and this, you know, this is new weather, new morning weather, because people will come mm-hmm. out, they'll take their coats off. Mm-hmm. You know, no jackets. Yeah, that, that, that's, a, that, that's what we are. I have some people who live near me who it's like any day that it's like over like 50, they're out there in their flip-flops and stuff, and I'm going like, you know, it really is not that warm, you know. So. <laughs> right. But, right, hey, right, right. you know, whatever works for them, works for them. That's right. Mm-hmm. To each his own. To each his own. Mm-hmm. So, okay, back on the um Possibly there's one thing that we've been talking about we'll talk about all the way probably even till November. Folks, have you went and registered? Are you going to vote? Mm-hmm. And, you know, and as I see, and on our pages, I see, you know, like when times come up, you know, we're going to try to post it, like, but you can always find out on your own, you know. But, you know, find out what's the deadline because there are deadlines, you know, when you have to. So get out there and do it. Mm-hmm. Well, don't be waiting, do yeah, don't be waiting. Don't be waiting. Well, I waited mm-hmm. too long. Yep. Oops. Mm-hmm. Nope. Not. And you know, and and really, and and a lot of people, what you're finding is that you can also find out, you know, if you think that for some reason, 
you know, you can plan ahead. I mean, if you think that for some reason you're going to be out of town whenever you have a primary in your state or whenever there's an election, even in November or whatever, you know, there's always the option of voting absentee. I know it goes for all different kind of reasons, but you can get in there and, you know, find out. That can always be an option for you. If you think for some reason you might miss the polls, you know, think about that. Right, right. Because it's important, mm-hmm. you know. And and here's another thing: just in case you aren't going away and you don't want to stand in line, or you may not be able to get mm-hmm. off of work, or you work so far out, you may not be able to make it either before the polls open or right when they open mm-hmm. to get to work on time. Or when they close, to get to work on time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you may want to uh, just vote early. Mhm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. So. Well, tell you what, this is going to be an exciting show, so I'm ready to just kind of dive on in there. Disclaimer? So, the disclaimer, and hold on a minute. Okay, our disclaimer okay. is the views and opinions expressed on Can We Talk for Real, blog talk radio show, host, co-host, guests, and call-in listeners or chatters are solely the opinions of the original source who expressed them. The host appreciates your opinion and your openness. Can We Talk For Real does not condone disrespect to the show, content, co-hosts, and or guests. The host or co-host are not counselors and advise you to seek professional consultation if needed. Hmm. That's the disclaimer. So, mm-hmm. Michelle, the young lady we have on tonight, um, mm-hmm. I think the first time I met her was at Creating Change. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and that's often. And which one? The one in Houston? Yep, one in Houston. Uh-huh. Yep. And she was she made an impression at that time. Because uh-huh. I remember watching people follow her, you know, and talking, and I was like, I said, okay, uh-huh. you know, she, and, that, and not no, really knowing, I'm like, okay, she got to be important. She got to be somebody because uh-huh. these people are flocking around her and they're listening, you know. And, and I stood there for a few, and I listened. I was like, okay. She got a lot to say, and and and, uh-huh. and, and, and it's good stuff, you know. Uh-huh. So you know, I, I often jokingly tell people that before Houston, if you asked me about Minnesota, I would have said Prince, <laughs> and then uh, uh, Garrison Keeler and a Prairie Home Companion. But after Houston, I say Andrea Jenkins. Yeah, uh-huh. uh, that's how I say Andrea Jenkins, and you know, we were sitting. I met her through a good friend of ours, Kyla. She came and joined us and I had her book. Um, and I've been a fan ever since then. Mm-hmm. She, and she's down to earth. She's real people. You know, there is no faking, mm-hmm. no trying to be, you know, it, this is just who she is. And, mm-hmm. um, and I'm glad I know her. You know, I'm glad to know her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you want to uh, do the honors? Okay. Well, like I said, you know, I mean, you don't think when you think of, like I said, Minnesota, you don't think, you know, the first thing that doesn't come to your mind really is other than Prince is black people. <laughs> but here from um, Andrea calls South Minneapolis her home. Um, she has been, she's an, a spoken word artist, a performer, a visual artist, a poet, um, a writer, a playwright, a curator, 
I mean, she is just like the Renaissance woman. She does it all. She's also a trans activist, but her words, her art is really creating change. Um, She was awarded the Bush Fellowship in recognition for her extraordinary achievement and her potential. In addition to many voices and the Bush Fellowship, she's awarded Naked Stages and Bird Grants in 2010. She received the Loft Mentor Series Award in Poetry. She has curated the Queer Voices Series of Intermedia, the longest-running GLBT reading series in country. In the country, her work has been published in several newspapers, journals, and anthologies. But besides being an artist, she is really involved. She was a former board member of Outfront Minnesota, um, the Minnesota HIV Planning Council, the Funding Exchange, the National Writers Union. She and she's not lending her skills to almost every area of the Twin Cities art scene. She is the Minneapolis 8th Ward Senior Policy Aide in the Office mm-hmm. of Councilwoman Elizabeth Glidden. Um, she has a BA in Human Services, an MS in Community Economic Development, and an MFA in Creative Writing from Hamlin University. And so really, everywhere from politics to poetry, she can talk to you about it. And with that, our guest is the amazing Andrea Jenkins. Hello. Hey, Andrea. How you doing? Hey. Hi, Andrea. Um, how are you? I'm doing okay, man. That was a great introduction. Thank you so much. Um, <laughs> I got to just say that I did have some dental surgery today, so... If I sound a little funny, you guys know why. I'm trying to get used to a whole new setup thing going on inside my mouth right now. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. definitely understand. Yeah. If you get tired of talking, you let us know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, so um, Michelle gave you a great introduction, but how about you kind of introduce yourself um, in your way? To our listeners Wow Well you know Just in addition to everything Michelle said You know which I deeply deeply appreciate um, You know you mentioned that I was um, A political aide For a number of years For about 12 years actually But now I'm actually um, Doing a transgender oral history project at the University of Minnesota as my um as sort of my main source of income. Mm-hmm. But it's a project that's really amazing. It it allows me to go around the upper Midwest and around the country really and and um collect the stories and the lived experiences of trans and gender nonconforming people. Uh, around the country, and it is the stories that I'm hearing are fascinating. It's just a beautiful thing for people to um, entrust me with their stories and with their um, life experience, and so I'm deeply honored. So I just wanted to mention that 
that I'm working on this project, and um, hopefully it's going to lead to some books and maybe some movies and some documentaries. I mean, there's a lot mm-hmm. that can happen with this work, so. You know, it's one thing, and it's so important because I was at this thing the other night, and, and last year and this year, both years I've, I've you know, borrowed from your work, and to have thank you. Some of you know what, Mister? I'm just can I just say thank you so much for for putting those words out in the air. I really appreciate it. It's and it, it's unreal. Uh, but thank you. So I'm sorry for cutting you off. Go ahead. Oh no, that's fine. Well, you know, they have us every year, and and usually like they have people who come in, and it was like you know these this is what you're supposed to do. But last year and again this year, there were people who had been in the community, who were older, who were like, I was reading the one, and, and I talked to, where you talk about Marsha Johnson and Sylvia Rivera, and mm-hmm. they were like, yes, yes, that's our history, mm-hmm. because the, there's a woman there who was there who was like, she said she was 67, she said, uh, how, what she had to go through, and that history, and she said, and it's really great, you know, she was so happy for her, her young trans sisters, but they didn't understand and many of them didn't know that history. So the fact that you're, you're doing that work, it is so important. It is so yeah. important. I think we got to keep the history alive. We've got to make sure that people understand where we came from so we can figure out where we got to go, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, and you know, the- Go ahead. The other thing that I found that was interesting is that also why I was drawn to doing your work was like in these spaces, often there aren't trans sisters or brothers of color. And it's a different voice. It's a different voice that has to be there. And as you're collecting, you know, what you're doing now, are you – I'm sure you're doing, you know, collecting all the voices, but do you find that voices of color have not been collected or curated? (laughs) Well, let me tell you this, Michelle. The main reason I took this job and the main reason I applied for this job is because I wanted to ensure that people of color particularly trans women of color's voices are included in this project. So, because um, I could not leave it to some young trans white man who is, I'm sure, really smart and really sincere, but I just know that they wouldn't be able, it would be too too challenging for them, mm-hmm. and they would say, oh, we tried, we sent her an email, and she didn't respond, so, you know, I don't know what to do. Um, and I, I couldn't let that happen. So, to answer your question, absolutely making sure that we have Latina voices, um, African American voices, um, Asian, API, um, Native American uh, two spirit voices in this project. Absolutely, gotta make sure that that's happening, and it is. So to date, I have interviewed about sixty-two people, mm. um, and I would say that 
45% of those are people of color. So. Was there anything that stood out for you? Has there been anything that has stood out for me in the interview? Was there one interview that that really kind of like was the the one that was like, that was the bomb? Was it something that just overwhelmed (laughs) you? <laughs> yeah, there 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 were a couple. Um so I've interviewed Cece McDonald. Mm-hmm. Um, and do you guys know the story of, around Cece McDonald? Mm-hmm. You do? You think your listeners know? <laughs> no, um, you nope, you can go ahead and give it to us. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, Cece McDonald, um, the young African-American trans-identified woman uh-huh. who, in 2011, was walking down the street with her friends on their way to the grocery store. Um, it was about um, midnight, and, you know, it was like a all-night, 24-hour grocery store, um, and they had to walk by a bar. And as they were walking by this bar, some people were standing outside smoking, some white folks, um, and they began to harass this group of, you know, queer and trans people walking mm-hmm. down the street, uh, yelling racist things, calling them names, mm-hmm. um, calling them transphobic and homophobic names, and it became physical. Mm-hmm. C.C. McDonald um, was in fashion school. She had a pair of scissors in her bag. After somebody had smashed a glass in her face, which required her mm-hmm. to have all of these stitches, she, in in the act of protecting herself, um, stabbed this man who had a swastika on his chest, and the man died. Cece was subsequently um, locked up in the men's facility. Um mm-hmm men's prison, um, and, you know, she was charged with um, manslaughter. and um, So she served her time. She, she's home now, thank God. Mm-hmm. But what was really interesting about this, this situation is in 2011, if you recall, at the same time, Cece was on trial for self-defense. So was... Um, um, Zimmerman, George Zimmerman. Mm-hmm. Exactly. For killing Trayvon Martin. Mm-hmm. He got off. Mm-hmm. He got off for self-defense, even though this kid, Trayvon, wasn't doing nothing but <laughs> walking down the street, being mm-hmm. a kid. Cece was being attacked by these people defending herself, she went to jail. So she went to jail. We know that it's a system of um, white supremacy that uh, says that black people must be guilty, transgender people Mm -hmm. must be guilty, all of these things. So, um, so, you know, that's sort of the story of CC. It, 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 It sort of created this whole international campaign of people wanting to be involved in helping her case. Uh, there's a movie coming out that's being made by 
uh, Laverne Cox right now mm-hmm. called Free CC, and it should be released later this year. Um, you know, it just sparked this whole international campaign about um, transgender lives. So I would say my interview with CC, and I've been abused. A lot of people. Mm-hmm. I've interviewed your friend Kyla, who you talked about, Michelle, your mm-hmm. friend and my friend. I mm-hmm. should say. Um, I've interviewed um, Kate Bornstein, who you guys know. She's on the show with Caitlyn Jenner and all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've interviewed some amazing people. Sissy's interview was the absolute best so far. And didn't didn't they make her? Didn't she end up like taking? I mean, she ended up like it was like a plea bargain just for that. I mean, which you you know, it's like she's defending herself. She had to do like a plea bargain, and and like she was sentenced. I mean, you know, it's like why does she have to bargain when it was self defense? You know, to keep from getting the bigger sentence. I mean, it was right. just it was just crazy. Yeah, no, it was insane. Yeah, she had to take mm-hmm. a plea. Um. You know, I was there that day. Um, mm-hmm. It was a sad day, but, you know, she was right that if she would have went to trial, she would likely still be in jail for the next 15 or 20 years. So, mm-hmm. you know, she made the decision to um, to really fight for her own life and freedom. And a lot of young white people were saying, no, go to court, go to court. They don't, but they don't understand how these four hundred years of oppression and mm-hmm. um, and Jim Crow and systematic um, systems to keep black people um, out of the mainstreams, out of the um, sort of economic and political and social aspects of living in America and Cece clearly understood and she was like if I go to trial <laughs> there is no way that a jury of my not peers <laughs> uh-huh. <of laughs> all uh-huh. of these white people they're not going to let me off and we I, you know, I don't know if you guys have been following the news but we just had a very very traumatic situation here in Minneapolis. Uh, a couple of months ago, a young man by the name of Jamar Clark was shot by the police, point blank in uh-huh. the head. Um, the police, they got on the scene, and 61 seconds later, the boy was dead. Uh-huh. Um, it's It's... It's just appalling, and they said within that 61 seconds, (laughs) after they told him to take his hands out of his pockets and all of this stuff, I mean, they're doing all of this in 61 seconds. They threw him on the ground, and they said he was trying to reach for their gun. So they were justified in shooting him in the head. The same dude who sent CC to jail, the same county prosecutor, county attorney, let, did not charge these police officers because they were fearing for their life. Now, they're the ones that got guns, they got batons, uh-huh. they got tasers, 
Uh, they got steel-toed boots on. They got a bulletproof vest mm-hmm. on. But they're the ones kind of fearing mm-hmm. for their life. So mm-hmm. they were justified in shooting this young man point blank in the head while he was on the ground. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Cece was very smart to understand that <laughs> this prosecutor is not on my side. This jury is not going to find me not guilty. You know, I got to do what I got to do. I got to do what black people have been doing all mm-hmm. since we have been in this country, since 1619, when we got off the slave ships, and that is try to survive the best way we can in this culture and society. So CC was my best interview. I do have a story, man, that I hope this person lets me make this into a movie. Oh, my God, it is so amazing. I met this man, a trans man, who when he was 14 years old, he was raped by the next-door neighbor, got pregnant. His father took the baby away, shipped the baby off to Chicago, Um they subsequently, he ran away from home, never went back home. Um, 30 years later, on Facebook, meets his daughter. She goes to California with him to have his surgery, stays with him for two weeks, helps him through his surgery. Um, and they are reunited again. Like, that is the most beautiful story. Mm-hmm. I have ever heard, man. Um, not only did she accept as her father, but she reached out and, you know, their family again. Like, that is, mm-hmm. that's amazing. I supported them, totally. Yeah, you know, and everything that's... I, I only gave you guys the super, super highlights. I mean, there's a lot in between mm-hmm. that um, mm-hmm. that would make this an Oscar award-winning movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. Except for if, if we want to win an Oscar, we got to put white people in it. Huh? <laughs> uh, yeah, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> we got to make it a white movie. So maybe it won't win an Oscar. Maybe it'll just win a. Mm-hmm. In NAACP Image Award or something. <laughs> yeah, you know it's funny because especially with with Cece and about at the time with Cece, I mean, that it brought up a conversation that people need to happen because the same year that's when in Detroit Shelley Hilliard she was killed, but part of it was the police put her in that situation. Either you do this. Yeah, I saw that movie. Or, I've seen the uh-huh, movie. You, exactly. Either you do this or... Treasure? Isn't it called Treasure? Yes, yes. Those police officers had no respect for her life whatsoever. Whatsoever. Yeah, they told the drug dealers, and they came and killed her the next day. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, so... So, I mean, when you see, and that's why when in when you talk about CC and you hear that and people go like, well, because I've had, you know, white people say, well, you know, even when CC and people were talking about CC and they were like, 
well, you know what, she should have fought it. But you know what, it's just not that reality. I mean, and, and so you want to say, you know, even to the ones who, you know, how we talk about our allies and say, yeah, you know, I, I understand and you mean well, but this is the reality. This is the right. reality. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Okay, you know, but that, that but that's the thing that also lends you to, and so many of, of these events, like it's like the Transgender Day of Visibility, and he often sometimes on the Transgender Day of Remembrance, you hear black and brown names read, but it's organized not by people of color. And I've often have, like even like the other night, here are these white trans. Do you know any black trans people? I'm like, how come you don't know? You know, Tim, you don't right. know. How, you know, how come you're not right. going out and finding them and making sure that this voice is here? You know? Yeah. No, so, I um last year you know, in November, Trans Day of Remembrance, which I had really stopped kind of participating in um, just because it's it's so painful for me. And so, Mm -hmm. um, you know, like you said, so one-sided. And then when I get there, it's all white people. So Mm -hmm. last year, you know, they they begged me, Andrea, please be our keynote speaker for a chance, day of remembrance. We don't understand why black women don't come to this. So, you know, I, I, I went and did it because, you know, I'm doing this project, so I got to be in the community. I got to be sort of accessible and... And in order to build credibility, you know, with the... T- with the trans community, which I have, but you know that's a that's a tricky thing, right? Like you know, it can go away with just one incident. So, so I went. We we read off the all the names. I mean, the candles are literally mm-hmm. melting over, and I'm people worried that a fire is going to start in this church. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, it's it's just. And literally, myself and one other black person and maybe two Latino sisters, we're the only people of color in the whole room. It's a hundred and some people in this space. So mm-hmm. um, people don't think there's racism in the LGBT community. People don't think it's racism in the trans community. Like, we're mm-hmm. all trans, but, you know... Um, Caitlyn Jenner lives a completely different life than what I live, you know, and she mm-hmm. is a Republican. She supports Donald Trump. I mean, like, what the fuck? I'm checking everybody. Excuse my language. I'm checking everybody, though. All my, quote, white friends, if you support Donald Trump, we ain't friends. I cannot be friends, and I mm. need to know. I need you mm-hmm. to tell me, do you support Donald Trump? Like, it, you can support all the other Republicans. I don't care. Um, even though I do know that Ted Cruz is probably Trump. worse than Trump. Mm-hmm. But, but if you support Trump, I, I can't deal with you, and I need to know this. So, uh, <laughs> you know, it's kind of crazy out here, Michelle. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so I mean, and and so here you are in this role. What do you 
what do you find when when they put you in that role and you know it's just going to be you up there, but you want to bring in other voices or you recognize that they don't have all the voices? What what do you say? You know, in your in your now capacity as you're curating the stories, and here they bring you, mm-hmm. you know, and and nobody's struggle is even is is worse. I mean, you know, I mean, there's bad stories and everywhere. But how do you say yeah. at a certain point in time, you know what, sisters, I need to hear some more black, brown, API voices. How do you, mm-hmm. how do you, how do you do that? How do you navigate <laughs> that? You know, Michelle, I'm, I'm, I'm 54 years old now, and I'm to the point in life where, you know, I gotta have some say in how things go in my life. Like I can't control mm-hmm. nobody else's life, but I gotta have. And so, um, you know, I just, I just say this is how it's gonna be. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, we 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 have to do this. The the trans community is more than just um, blonde and blue-eyed, um, you know, sort of um, heteronormative men and women. Like, they, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's broad, it's diverse, um, and it's beautiful and exciting. So, so I just do it. And I think, you know, <laughs> I mean, my... <laughs> My my workplace is a very extremely white workplace, um, and it's in a university setting, so they're very conservative mm-hmm. and sort of very, quote, um, traditional, and this is the way we do it, and this is how it's been done. But And I find, you know, there's friction that is... Um, Going on, but but no, I, I there's no compromise on that for me. It's just mm-hmm. we we will do it. You know, I'm I'm conducting the interviews, I'm setting up the interviews, so I have control over that whole process. And you know, the 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 toughest part of the process was really connecting and getting trans sisters to sit down. And and I understand the challenge. The challenge is, you know, these ladies, these women, they're struggling. <laughs> they're, you know, they're being criminalized. Uh, they don't, they're having issues with housing. Um, they don't have jobs, and so consequently they're working late at night. So I got to work extra hard to make sure that they could be a part of the project. So, for example, Monday, you know, this sister, you know, I I interviewed her at my house because she doesn't have privacy at her own home. Um, I went and picked her up and gave her a ride home because she's on the bus. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but the beautiful thing about this young lady is she's starring in this new play called Charm, which is a play about um, Mama Gloria Allen in Chicago who mm-hmm. started oh, yeah. a, um, um, a, 
etiquette class for mm-hmm. <laughs> young mm-hmm. trans women. Yeah. You know, and we, and we can talk about the problematic ideas around that concept. But at the time, that was really an important way to build community and to and to build um, support for each other. And so, um, so the young lady who I interviewed is actually going to be in that play, which I'm really, really thrilled about. But, uh, but that's the kind of sacrifices I have to sort of, um, you know, make in order to make sure that sisters of color are part of the the project. But I'm willing to do it. I will continue to do it. Um, so. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I want to go back. How did you end up, I mean, were you born in Minneapolis? How did you come up not only to be in Minneapolis, but then, you know, in academia in Minneapolis where, I mean, you know, the first thing I don't see in, that comes to mind is not a black face, you know. <laughs> well, I, you know, I grew up in Chicago, uh, and I moved here to go to college. So I grew up in a very much all-black community, um, as you might imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Minneapolis has a so the city of Minneapolis. The black population here is probably about thirteen, fourteen percent. Um, the people of color population, but this has grown since I've been here. Um, mm-hmm. Tremendously. When I first got here, uh, I remember my mentor telling me that, yeah, you moving to Minnesota, ain't nothing black up there but the trees. <laughs> and he was right. <laughs> uh, I used to, it used to, I would, you know, it would be like every three weeks I'd see another black person like driving down the street or something. You know, it was, it was crazy. Um, but, um, but over time, a lot of people have migrated from Chicago, from Detroit, from Milwaukee, from, um, you know, sort of all over. But um, but the population has grown, but it's an interesting dynamic with the population. And there had always been black folks here, um, but just mm-hmm. not in large numbers at all. Uh, uh-huh. It's too cold. It's, it's interesting. Yeah, man, it's really cold. It's too damn cold. That's why. It's too cold. But this was this was kind of one of the stops on the on the Underground Railroad on the way to Canada. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, uh-huh. there was a there was a couple of couple of churches in St. Paul where people would you know get refuge and be able to um, to to escape from bondage, if you will. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, I mean, Minneapolis is probably not any more racist than any place else in the country. In the country mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> you know, the longer I've been alive, I hear people talk about, oh, well, I'd rather live in the South, at least you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, there is no place in America that is not racist. You know, unless mm-hmm. it's in your own home, so I can make my own home anywhere I go, right? So, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's white. It's very white here, but um, like I said, I think that um, there's racism everywhere. You know, 
thank God that every place is not like North Carolina. Mm-hmm. But, but actually, it is, right? I mean, there are 33 That's other true. states That's that true. are thinking about these kinds of laws. And mm-hmm. so, um, so it's not like North Carolina is some outlier and we can just point our fingers and say, oh, bad North Carolina. No, there's a bill right now today in the state legislature in Minnesota that I got to go to the Capitol and testify against. Why should I have mm-hmm. to testify to be able to use the bathroom, Michelle? Can you, you. explain that to me? Mm-hmm. You know, really, uh, I mean, yeah, I think that the, the biggest thing, you know, I'd sort of like to have that, that since, I mean, it sounds like to me that as it's going along, though, that you're starting to have a, it's growing, that sense of community, because I know even though I think that that was the biggest thing that would come to me, you know, going someplace where it's like sometimes you just need to be around some black folks. <laughs> right, right, right. No, that's true. That's true. Yeah. So, Andrew, mm-hmm. let's get to tonight's topic. Um, you with building social change through a mashup of words and art. So, Tell uh, an audience about queer. Yeah, yeah, that's Michelle. You know, Michelle's a creative like that. So let's talk about <laughs> queer voices. <laughs> uh, wow. Um, how do I even talk about it? Um, yesterday. Just talk, can we talk for a, real? Just talk. <laughs> can we talk for real? Yeah. So yesterday uh-huh. I was at a diversity inclusion conference. I was the MC, and I read poetry. And afterwards, you know, people came up and like, oh, my God, you know, thank you for sharing. You know, we don't, we didn't, we don't know if we've got transgender people in our company, but we're going to start creating, you know, the, the weekend before last weekend, I was in Amherst, uh, Massachusetts, at a Black Lives Matter convening where they were talking, you know, they brought together uh, sort of activists from multiple generations. So they had former Black Panthers. um, Uh They had um, people that were involved in SNCC. Sonia Sanchez was there. the 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 co um the ka Kambihi River Collective mm-hmm. was there. Um so all of these sort of brilliant black people and I was you know, I was invited to be a part of this as an artist. And so, you know, I'm bringing this up to say that art has a way of, I think, speaking to people in, I could say, something sort of threatening or potentially mean in a poem, (laughs) that if I said it just in everyday language, people would get very upset about it. Um, I think through poetry, it it kind of helps you stop and reflect a little bit, and 
maybe let it sink in a little bit and it's less threatening. Um, I've been I've been doing that for the last fifteen years. Um, you know, I love words. I love uh, the musicality of poetry. But I also know, you know, I was schooled in the Black Arts Movement, um, which was, you know, Amiri Baraka, Sonia Sanchez, Nikki Giovanni, June Jordan, mm-hmm. um, you know, Audrey Lord. You can put in there um, so many people who who were committed to it and who understood that a black artist has a responsibility to try to lift up their their culture, right, and to be fighting for social justice and um, for racial equality and all of these things. So I took that, and I'm very much, you know, uh, uh, advocate for black liberation, but mm-hmm. I include transgender people within that struggle, and you know, so my art is is really about lifting up voices, lifting up the community, um, fighting for social justice. But it's got to be beautiful, right? Like if there's no beauty there, people aren't going to really hear it. So I can't mm-hmm. just be sitting there yelling at people. <laughs> you know, I got to make it in in some way that it's that that it reflects the beauty and the power that poetry can can bring. Um, I'd, I'd be happy to share some examples. I don't know. It's kind of hard to talk about your art. I mean, unless you, if you got some direct questions, I'm happy to try to answer those. But, um, yeah. Just, just one before you start. When did you start putting pen to paper to create what you created? Uh, you know, I would say my first, so when I was in first grade, um, growing up in Chicago, I met Gwendolyn Brooks. Gwendolyn Brooks was the poet laureate of Illinois at the time, and so she was going around to various high school, I mean various schools, and meeting children and talking to children about poetry. So I met Gwendolyn Brooks when I was in first grade, and she was like, you guys can write poetry and everybody can be a poet, blah, 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 blah. So, you know, I was like, yeah, yeah. You know, and I liked it, but I didn't really write a lot. But then when I was 14, I met Gwendolyn Brooks' protege, who is, happens to be Haki Matabuti, um, who was yeah. also born in Detroit. Um, mm-hmm. And... Um, Started Third World Press in Chicago, um, and so I met him, and he became like one of our mentors. And I I read this poem that he wrote called "I Want to Thank You for My Beautiful Black Woman," and I was I was hooked. I was like, man, if this cat can write poetry. I can write poetry. So mm-hmm. I started writing my first poem when I was 14. Uh, it's a poem called Chocolate Jam. 
Uh, that's that's like the first poem I ever wrote. Uh, and you know, here we are. And then I then I kind of dropped it for a while. I mean, every once in a while I would dabble. You know, I think then my sister wrote a Mother's Day poem once, and we read it at church. We were about nineteen or twenty years old. Um, and um, so, um, you know, that's that's kind of when I first started. I didn't really pick it up again seriously until my last class as an undergrad. The very last class I took was a poetry class. And, um, you know, I needed to, like a liberal arts kind of class or something. Or, mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, I like poetry. Maybe I'll take this. Um, and I loved it, man, and I got my first poem published. I, I submitted my a poem, and the first poem I ever submitted, I got it published. Um, so that never happens. Like, <laughs> you know, usually people submit, like, 50 poems before they get a poem published. So, so that was really encouraging, and, you know, my teacher was really sort of encouraging and supportive. Um, and it felt like I had kind of found my voice, you know, and it was a way for me to express some of the things that I was feeling around my gender identity um, that I couldn't necessarily do um, in other ways. And, um, and it, 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 it brought me into this whole new world of, of people and of activism, like this whole community that accepted me. Because, you know, I didn't finish college. I started college when I was 18. I didn't finish college, my undergrad, till I was 38 years old. So it took me 20 years to get mm-hmm. that first degree. And, um, you know, in that time... Um, you know, I had been in a fraternity. Um, I had gotten married. Um, you know, I was trying to do all of these things to try and overcome. You know, this what I saw as a as a defect. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like you know, why God? Why am I transgender? Even I don't even have that language. Like why? Am I like this? You know, this is crazy. I don't want to be like this. Um, and over time, you know, through therapy, through recognizing that there are other people out there in the world, you know, because growing up, you know, most transgender people will tell you they think they're the only trans person in the world. Hmm. Like, I just, I didn't know that other trans people existed. And uh, and so after kind of learning that and becoming comfortable with who I was, I needed to, I needed a whole new circle of friends. And, you know, um, fortunately my family 
even though they struggled, but they stood by me, so I still had my family. But a lot of my friends, man, they they were gone. They just couldn't deal. And um, and I thought I was going to have this whole the gay community, right? I'm like, wow, I'm I'm transgender, so so the lesbians and the gays, they were like, man, <laughs> that was such a rude awakening, you know. And even black gay people, like. Because I kind of came out as gay prior to coming out as trans because I thought, well, maybe that's, you know, I like guys, so maybe that's it. But um, as soon as I really got the courage up to tell, to say I'm trans, man, the gay people just yeek, poof, disappeared. Um, I remember one of my friends telling me, man, Andrea, you going to, you gonna be one of those dudes walking around with a dress on? Like, he just he couldn't fathom it. He couldn't imagine it. So, um, so my my community became the writer and creative community, where I found um, sort of acceptance and um, um, support and. Yeah. You know, Andrea, you, but you're, you know, you're like, to me, you're always like in the front lines. Like, you know, you're there at Creating Change. You're at Creating Change this year. You just said how uh-huh. you came back from the thing with Black Lives Matter. Do you mm-hmm. find that, that as you see and you're experiencing it, do you find yourself looking for those words or, or trying to put together the words to sort of, not only talk about what you're seeing, but to help people see the commonality. I know I was looking at the the one poem that you wrote about Black Day. And, you know, if you're in a city, I mean, that's not, it makes you think about things. So do you find that the times that you're in is changing your voice and your poetry or what you want to do with your work, your your poetry and your writing? You know, that's a, I mean, the times that we in that we're in right now, Michelle, is this this is not necessarily new for black people, is it? I mean we uh-huh. we've been you know, we've been wanting police to be prosecuted for killing black people for uh-huh. a very long time. We have been having failing schools in our communities for a very long time. We have been unemployed as people for a very long time. People talk about the prison industrial complex. My mm-hmm. dad was in jail for my entire life from the time I was six years old till I was 16 years old. So, and you know, that was a while ago. <laughs> that mm-hmm. wasn't yesterday. So the prison industrial like none of these issues that are affecting our communities are new. So, yeah, I've been thinking about it, writing about it for a long time. I I was reading this poem yesterday called Life Strange, The Tears Not Silent. It's the new, it's the first poem in the book. Mm -hmm. I wrote that poem about, um, um, can I just read it? I'm going to read it, then I'll say what I wanted to say about it. 
Okay. So the T is not silent. Life strange. Crimson sounds emanate from the darkness. Alert. You listen with an open heart. It is not your duty, per se. Yet, like sunrise, you always appear. Steady and sure on the turbulent rivers that in unison can create waves of energy that flow outward, leaving devastation in its wake. Swollen waters fill my lungs. I can't breathe anymore. The light gets brighter and brighter, and all of a sudden I realize the beginning is near. I've been waiting for this moment for all my life. Oh, Lord. Uh So, so you know, I wrote that poem. I was on a beach in Miami maybe six years ago, long before um, Oscar Grant. And the hashtag, I can't breathe, you know. Um, So in many ways, I, as a poet, and I think many poets, we're always trying to look ahead. You know, yes, you want to be a poet of your time and you want to speak the issues of your time, but you also want to think about what, what is coming down. Um, and maybe maybe it's not even that you think about it, because in many ways I believe that a lot of, um, you know, I believe that ideas sort of float in the universe, and we just, you know, if we have our radios tuned in to the right frequency, we pick it up, and then, you know, and it, and it, and it sort of flows through us, so... It's not always um, me, but I I can't wait for that to happen every day. Otherwise, I would only have a poem every 15 years or so. So I, I, so I sit down and I write every day and try to tune in and, and tune up and try to get those words in my head. You know, I love how you sang that part. Because the other night when I was reading that part, and you did that part about a love supreme, I mean, music is a part of our culture. And I yeah. could hear a love supreme in my mind, and it sort of like takes over your your body, and you feel that music flowing through you. And I could feel yeah. you doing that as you wrote it. And here tonight when you read that one poem, and it, it just sort of like... Yeah. It's such a natural part of you, you know, and part of our whole total experience. Yeah. Yeah, no, I thank you for acknowledging that. I mean, I think poetry is music. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the lyrics, the lyrics are, they're a poem. I, I think one of the baddest poets, well, I know one of the baddest poets 
is Smokey Robinson. All right. <laughs> you All right, take us back to the old days. Tears, okay. Tears of a clown. Thanks uh-huh. for my tears. Uh, you better shop around. Uh, should I? Do I need to say more? Uh, uh, what was the one? Uh, love. Uh, when he's driving down the freeway. Cruising. Cruising, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, um, I mean, that's pure poetry, man. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I, I don't, I don't think there's a a huge um distinction between music and poetry, even though I know that many of the white poets don't wanna <laughs> you know, the old yeah. school they you know, they keep that over there but um but no, it's all musical for me. Okay. I I okay. did a I did a I sometimes get a just a rhythm of a word or sometimes I'll just listen to music and then you know, one word or one line will help me to spark off a new poem or a new idea. And it's got to have some rhythm to it. Um, I know you read We Are Not Quitters the other night, and I hope when you read it you were able to pick up that rhythm. That And you mm-hmm. were, actually, because I, I listened to you read it, and and you were able to pick up that rhythm, that kind of, you know, the um, the opals, the amethyst, the periwinkles, mm-hmm. the oceans, the seas, the trees, you know, the bumblebees, the beagle. Like there's a rhythm mm-hmm. in that, um, mm-hmm. and and hopefully it translates on the page, and you don't just have to necessarily hear me say that. So, but you know, but I thought that too. There was that movement that. There was that motion, there was that rhythm, there was that feeling. And I will honestly tell you, but by the time I got to that last part where it was, and if it's dark and you feel lonely, I mm-hmm. was close to tears. Yeah, I mean, you, it was I like, too. <laughs> you know, you know, I mean, huh. that's a, it's a, it was like going on that beautiful ride that, you know, with you that took me to that point to where when I got to that, it was like, I, you know, how you really feel it, like you're saying that to someone and you're saying that, I mean, it was just such a beautiful ride. I mean, it was just like a wave that came over you. And I thought it was just, like, incredible. Uh, I, wow. I, I mean, it was like, I was like, wow. You know, afterwards, I mean, I just thought that, and someone said, your voice. And I said, it, it was because I felt that, that movement, like, through the music, through the words, through the images. And I think that that is what's beautiful about poetry. I mean, yeah. when it moves you like that. But I yeah, will say well, that I have saying... to... Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I did have someone ask me, and I'm going to, and then you can assist. Someone said, that's not the same book you read from last time. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I said, I know it isn't. <laughs> I said, but it is. Um, it, it isn't, but it is, right? So it's uh-huh. the very same title, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm proud of that book. The first book was the Tea is Not Silent, essays, poems, and interviews. Uh-huh. And so, and I don't was was we are not quitters in that? I don't think it was. I don't. So think maybe it was. was either. I can't uh-huh. remember. But um, 
But that was a different book. It was a whole different book. It was. It had interviews. It had um, uh-huh. a couple of essays that I wrote. And then when I was, you know, we were, because I sold out, and we were talking about, okay, well, let's, you know, the publishers, let's, let's do a second edition. But they were like, you know, some of my consultants was like, these interviews and the essays slow the book down, and you just need to put all poetry. Um, and, I, you know, I thought they were right, and... Um, so we went with the po- we went with all poetry and um, it kept the same title. So uh-huh. it, it you know <laughs> it worked out and that happens. I mean it's uh-huh. not like I'm the only person that that does that. Um, people come out with anniversary books after they or albums or. Movies <laughs> with the same, you know. People mm-hmm. remake movies and stuff all the time, so mm-hmm. don't don't let them don't let them fool you, girl. Don't let them get mm-hmm. you all took up. Well, I didn't take the first book the because the first book, book is <laughs> yeah. The, the first book is part of my very, very, very personal collection that you find, <laughs> you know. I, <laughs> So that when when Andrea was here for Fire and Ink, I think you know I probably looked like you know I she said oh my God I bet you thought a groupie she's got the book look I've got your book here but um that's my very special book so I didn't take it because you know how people like to hold and touch things right exactly. but I did take the new one and I said you know it is available you can go buy it and you know and I think that that's the other thing that people recognize that you have to support artists because someone's like. Oh, can I just get a copy of that one point? No, you need to go buy. <laughs> you know, I know they do that to me all the time too. Mm-hmm. Can you send me a copy of your poem? No, boy, mm-hmm. I can't do that. I'm sorry. Or you know, or can you take that one poem and would you put it up on our page so so other people can read it? No, they can buy no. the book. You know, they can buy the book.
it covers the art. That's why it's called new and selected because um, mm-hmm. you know we took some some new poems that I created like Black Day, uh, which was mm-hmm. just written in 2014, uh, but some really old poems like Influences. Mm-hmm. Um, influences. Which is and I know I don't know I think I wrote that in nineteen ninety nine maybe mhm wow my poetry yeah. is influenced by jazz hip hop and blues my poetry mm-hmm. is influenced by stories those old and new and by the storytellers too my poetry is influenced by trees with red leaves and bare spaces where grass should be, by brocade fabrics and Maya Angelou's Hallmark cards. My poetry is influenced by White Castle hamburgers with cheese, please. (laughs) My poetry is influenced by nude bodies and sex. Feel free to leave the room if this becomes uncomfortable. My poetry is influenced by women loving women and puppies. My poetry is influenced by the love that I wish for but do not have. My poetry is influenced by planes flying into buildings, exploding cars, gifted lives, live behind bars and mason jars, build up like Molotov cocktails. My poetry is influenced by hospitals where our brothers die and prisons where our sisters cry and schools where our children try but fail. My poetry is influenced by HIV and AIDS and the fact that 6,000 Africans are dying every day. My poetry is influenced by Langston Hughes and Rivers. The Negro speaks of rivers. My poetry is influenced by Donnie McClurkin reminding us that we fall down, but we get up. My poetry is influenced by my trans sisters and trans brothers whose struggle remains under the radar until it is time to use the bathroom. My poetry is influenced by babies. Asian babies, Haitian babies, Cuban babies, Indian babies, African babies by Afghani and Iraqi babies and their mamas who raise them against all odds. My poetry is influenced by Dr. Reverend Cornell West, Bell Hooks, and even Shahrazad Ali. Her twisted thinking keeps me on my toes. My poetry is influenced by the love that I wish for but do not have, so I give love to myself. All right. Oh, In all right. All right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. So yeah, I like, so I like that. that poem in, in 2001 because it was just mm. right after the the World Trade Center. Mhm. How about Family Ties? When did you write that one? Family Ties. 
was about o two o three right in that time i was in the i know I was in the loft mentorship program, which was in o two so um that is not in the new book, though, is it? That's in the old book. Where is it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Any times that's in that's in um, the, the the first book. <laughs> the first book, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Takes you um, And actually, that the cover of that book. So you you talk about the mashup, right? So the cover mm-hmm. of that book. Um, is uh, original art created by myself. So it's a collage piece. Uh, A lot of times when I have writer's block or I just can't get ideas flowing, you know, I just start ripping up paper and making making collages. And so I submitted that uh, piece to the... um, to the Pride Celebration Art, they have like an art, um, a juried art show every year for Pride, and uh, some pretty amazing artists that are in there. And I submitted it, and I was one of the ten artists selected in twenty thirteen, I believe, twenty twelve. And so that became the cover art for my book. Um, so you know. Uh, some of the images that are in there, it's like the movie Pariah, uh, which was an amazing movie. Have you guys seen that movie? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that was a great movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, you know, just found objects. I think there's like a, um, a HIV AIDS red ribbon for awareness for HIV and AIDS. Um, Chicago was pretty prominent because that's my home. A lot of a lot of my visual art is sort of autobiographical, but it's all these little bits and pieces that that I try to pull together to tell a, a new story. And I think that's what poetry is too, you know, because you know all the words we I'm not making up words. I'm not like Dr. Seuss where I'm <laughs> making up words. You know, um, I'm using the words that we have in our in our lexicon and just trying to shift them and put them together in a way that that they um, come together to tell a new story, a new narrative. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. It does. There it is. Can you read... Um, yeah. Which one is it, Michelle? We were talking about she, we wanted to um, The Requiem, Requiem for the Queers. Queers, right. <laughs> or or why <laughs> we wear the color purple. Uh-huh. There you uh, go. I mean, you know, and, and that one, I mean, that was the first one that I remember reading out of, and it was like, wow. And I think I read it at a Transgender Day of Remembrance. And there uh-huh. were people who were just like, so, please. Oh, Wow. Please give us that poem. We want to put it up on our wall, huh? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No. Ooh, can I get a copy of that? Yeah. <laughs> Just 
post it. No, I, I love that poem. I'm very proud of that poem. Um, and actually, it was um, it was performed in a play called The Naked Eye. Um, and so we did it, and it was like eight or eight or nine people in it. And every time I would say it a different line, a different person would step up and represent that line. So wow. I said, queer and questioning youth, um, um, you know, young queer people, young trans people would step up. And then everybody, every time we said the phrase, we wear purple, you know, the whole group would make that statement. It was pretty mm-hmm. powerful. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. When you say it, we'll say we wear purple. All right, all right. Let's do that. Directly for the. You ready? You got the poem in front of you. Yeah, I do. Yeah. All right, let's do it. Mm-hmm. A requiem for the queers, or why we wear the color purple. We wear purple. Wear purple. Because all queens deserve a royal crown. Because it speaks volumes to those who claim they are colorblind. And it connects us to an ancient cultural legacy. We wear purple. Because Marsha P. Johnson and Sylvia Rivera, two stars, street transvestite action revolutionaries wore purple when they marched that stone wall. We, we, we wear purple. purple. For all the queers who died on June 24th, 1973 in New Orleans when a bigoted homophobe sprayed Ronzanol lighter fluid on the stairs and tossed a match and the ensuing flames traveled to the upstairs lounge, killing 32 people mm-hmm. 42 years ago, just four years after Stonewall. Mm-hmm. We, we wear purple. purple. For all the queer and questioning youth that will sleep under a bridge or trade sex for a place to stay tonight. Mm-hmm. We wear purple for the indigenous, two-spirit people, representing our struggle on the daily. Mm -hmm. We wear purple purple. because radical women of color feminism shapes our mindset and thought process, offering critical resistance to the prison industrial complex, male patriarchy, and religious Subjugation. We wear purple. Because we have to rewrite the narrative of what is and who is a woman. We wear purple. Because the intersections of race, class, gender, and sexuality is the street we live on and we can't move even if we wanted to. We have to act against what is considered normal. 
All of y'all can go and get married now, but I can't even vote because my ID does not match up to the person standing in the ballot box. All of y'all can go and get married now, but I still have to suffer a urinary tract infection because I can't go to the bathroom in some public spaces. All of y'all can get married now. But C.C. McDonald was locked up in the men's prison at St. Cloud Correctional Facility for standing her ground from racist, transphobic, homophobic attacks while George Zimmerman, who murdered Trayvon Martin, is still walking around a free man with his gun in his waistband. Mm-hmm. All of y'all can go and get married now. And believe me, I am truly happy. It means we moved a little closer to a more just, more righteous society. But we still got a long way to go. The personal is political. We wear we purple. wear purple. For Miss mm-hmm. Major and the Transgender Intersex Justice Project. My homegirl from Chicago who marched at Stonewall too and is still putting in revolutionary work for the trans brothers and trans sisters on lockdown. We wear purple for Leslie Feinberg and Kate Bornstein, two transgender warriors we will never forget what they taught us about who we are and what we are and how beauty is our birthright too. I wear purple for my people, my beautiful queer people. And what if love was the most powerful word in the ethos? Love. Love, 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 love. And what if my transgender people were the embodiment of that love, representing everything and nothing? We wear purple because Elton John sang, and you can tell everybody. This is your song. I know this might sound simple, but now that it's done, I hope you don't mind. I hope you don't mind that I put down in the words how wonderful life is when queers are in the world. All right. Yeah, we might have to rehearse a couple of times on the uh, We Wear Purple part. Mm -hmm. You know (laughs) what what I... Go ahead. I really love how quiet, especially if it's in a uh, LGBT thing, and you go back and you remind them about, yeah, you can get married now, but and how suddenly it gets real quiet. <laughs> Everybody's yeah. snapping their fingers up until then. Then it's like, right. 
Yeah, no, that's true. That's very true. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, no. but, even, and I think even, that, that part there, when you talk about C.C. McDonald, I mean, you really hit on that intersectionality of transphobia, of racism. When you hit that and you talk about, you know, George Zimmerman is still walking around and Trayvon, that is our struggle. All of this is our struggle, and you hit it. Bam, right there. I think that's just that's just like so powerful. Yeah. Yeah, because you know, I think a lot of black people don't realize or don't think that trans issues or trans struggles are their struggles. But, you know, this is my thing, Michelle. Until all of us are free, ain't none of us free. Mm-hmm. So you know, I'm I'm fighting for liberation for all black people. Mm-hmm. Wow. So what's on the horizon for you? Um I'm working on a new book of poems. Um it's the working title is called The Human Touch. Um it's poems it's poems about art, like, um, or poems that are inspired by art, I should say. I went and saw this exhibition called The Human Touch, and they had all these black artists and all of these people of color artists, but it was owned by this uh, stupid rich company, RBC Wealth Management. I don't know if you guys ever heard of them, but... They're like, oh man! I mean, it's a it's a wealth management company, so you can imagine mm-hmm. they have billions of dollars, uh, and they own all of this black art. And then you know, it just got me to thinking that most of black art is owned by white people and they have it in their white museums and we gotta mm-hmm. pay to go see it and we can only go on certain days and so so that's kinda of what that book is gonna be about. Um I'm pretty excited that I'm gonna be going to um Austin, Texas, uh and doing an artist uh in residence with um with Algo. Um, which uh-huh. is a um, um, black, queer, um, sort of LGBT organization in Austin, Texas. Uh-huh. I, I think they're like the only black <laughs> uh, LGBT organization in Austin. So that's exciting. Uh-huh. I'm really thrilled to be doing that. Um, I'm going to be doing a TED Talk in oh. um, in August. So mm-hmm. a TED, it's called TEDx Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. It's a big deal. I'm really excited about it. Um, having my first meeting coming up uh, this week, and going to be doing a lot of rehearsing and a lot of, um, you know, a lot of thinking about what it is that I really want to say, what message. You know, I know it's going to be around transgender issues, but... Um, but what approach do I take, you know? Um, so, you know, it's a busy time. There's a lot coming up, man. Next weekend, I'm going to be 
in um, Providence, Rhode Island, uh, I'm presenting there at the uh, Organization for American History. So this whole, um, I'm going to be talking about my Transgender Oral History Project and show a little video of the project and that. Oh, man, so much. So much is happening. Um, That's great, though. This this whole um, academic thing is a kind of a new thing for me, but it's exciting and <laughs> and I'm, I think I'm kind of getting into it a little bit. So mm-hmm. yeah, uh, I had to tell you like this past. I mean that your work. I mean, I think that that so many people who you know who heard that you were going to be on the show. Last week we had T. Miller on, and she was like, and I told her that you were going to be on this week, and she was like, oh, yeah, her work is great. You know, I've had people who said, like, she's going to make sure she reads some poetry. I mean, so <laughs> it's like your work, I mean, I think that it is, it's art. I mean, it, it's an art, and, yes, it's like you're, you're a poet who happens to be trans, but your work is about the human condition. And I think it reaches out and touches everyone from that perspective. I mean, you know, you hear as many people who are just like, oh, yeah, Andrea, you know, who are just excited <laughs> about hearing your work and hearing about oh, what you're doing. Oh, thank you. I do have to say that I, I take great strides to, um, to make sure that I am – that hopefully, I can't say I make sure, but that hopefully I am talking to a broad audience and not just the trans community, right? Right. Because it is. And, you know, I think that, you know, people respond when they can see themselves. So if I only wrote about trans people, then you you might not see yourself in that struggle even though I can tell you you would, because everybody has a gender identity. We all have mm-hmm. a gender identity. It's just that unlike trans people, some people don't ever question that gender identity, and rightfully so. You know, you were assigned female at birth, you grew up and socialized as a female, and you're very comfortable with that. Like, that's mm-hmm. a beautiful thing. And that's probably 90 5% of the people on the planet. But there are some people who do struggle with that. Um, and so, um, you know, that's their story. But so it's, it's, it's a human tale, you know, in the, in the piece that you um, talked about, We Are Not Quitters, um, you know, there's a line in there that says, you know, it's a human tale, as epic uh-huh. as any ever told, you know, um, we're all a part of the human story, man. <laughs> you know, it doesn't, um, it's not just for, you know, white people who are heteronormative and, you know, get married and have 2.5 kids with a, no, the world is bigger than that. And we're all humans on this planet, and we all have a right to be here. 
And, you know, and I think, like you said, it's important that you read it because even in reading that, I mean, there are things that come through from it will get you in touch with your humanity. And I often tell people, like, I had written something and a long time ago, and I read it, and here was a woman from a different generation, white, suburban. She said, you know, I didn't think I was going to like what you had to say, but you know what? It took me back to a time, and I remembered feeling, you know, it wasn't the same thing, but I remembered feeling it. And when I think that through a lot of what, even as your stuff and everyone as we talk about those things, it makes you really get in touch with your humanity. Our humanity is not what's between our legs or what a doctor slaps you on your butt and says that, that you are when you're born. That's not our humanity. Our humanity is our, is our soul, our spirit. It's bigger than that. Amen. And I think that, that that's what I read when I read your poetry. And that's what oh, I see. You. And, you know, I mean, I think it's, it's, just, it's just really beautiful. Yeah, really oh, beautiful. thank you so much. And I, you know, I just to to add to that though, I think that our humanity comes out most when we are connected to other people. And so, um, you know, we gotta stay connected to each other. Uh, we gotta support each other. You know, and I, you know, I'm pretty. Well versed, I could be on this call and I can lay out all of the statistics that, um, you know, make transgender women of color lives miserable and how many people have been murdered in the last um, three months, even, and uh-huh. um, in the years before. But, you know, how do we make those statistics? Meaningful. How do we make those statistics human? How do we make it real? And so that's what uh, I try to do with my poetry. That's what so many other people are trying to do with with their art. You know, like Laverne Cox, who was making the movie about um, Three CC, and there's a movie coming out about Miss Major uh, called Major. You know, uh, my friend Dane Edie is a writer and has been writing um, um, novels and plays and acting. You know, I mean, I think we have to make our stories human so people can relate and um, uh, and then get involved in this struggle <laughs> and and try to change the outcomes for. For our community, so mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, could you do us one favor? Can you close us out? Can you close us out with one of the strongest poems that you have in you? Oh man, <laughs> I like to do that. Well, I think they're all strong, which is why. Amen. They are, they are. Uh, you know, it's like a like a mother with her babies. You know, you can never have one favorite. But um, hmm. Well, I don't know. We talked about this piece a lot, so 
even though my throat is kind of hurting a little bit, um, I think I'm going to close out with We Are Not Quitters. I don't know much, but I've seen a few things, and a few things have seen me too. Sekou Sandiana, long story short. One, this I know that I wonder what I know sometimes. I know that there are things that I don't know. I do know that there are songs in the key of life, songs in amethyst, in opals, in sapphires, songs in the sycamore trees, singing in the persimmons, in periwinkle. There are songs ringing from oceans, from creeks, from seas, from brooks, from rivers, songs bouncing from the throats of the bumblebee, the bullfrog, the beagle, a song in the whistling whir of the wheels on an automobile, a red flyer, a locomotive, or even a bicycle that still slides you from point A to point Z. I know this. There is always a song. Two. I know that in the absence of music, there is a narrative of sorts. A human tale as epic as any ever whispered or bellowed from the second stair of the portico or stuttered and strained on a shivering morning in the silvery sunshine to the entire world. I know that there is a story etched in the center of the earth, in our collective consciousness, in our distant past. I know that there is no end to this story, no beginning to this story. It manifests in poems, in songs, in everyday language, in complex internal rhymes. This we do for love. All that I know, I do not know. All that I see, I have not seen. All that I hear, I have not heard. Those singing amethyst, opals, sapphires, persimmon, periwinkle, oceans, seas, rivers, bumblebees, the beagle. A song can serve up love on a wax platter. A love supreme will stay in my heart. A love that is supreme as in above all else. A love that is supreme as in let no man put asunder. A love that is supreme as in this will be as in evergreen, as in tie a yellow ribbon round the old oak tree. A love that will stay in my heart. And if it is dark and you feel lonely and cold, and if you get tired and fatigued 
set in. Remember, we are not quitters. All right. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm talking about. You heard it mm-hmm. first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not quitters. All 500 people in the listening audience are standing up cheering right now. Like, that's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. We are not quitters. Not quitters. <laughs> Uh, it's hard some days, boy. It's hard. It's hard out here for black people, for black queer people. Mm-hmm. But we gotta keep fighting. We gotta keep pushing. Um, as Asada Shakur says, it is our duty to fight. It is our duty to win. We have nothing to lose but our change. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I tell you. But as I said, when I when I read that, I said this one so me because you know what? That's something that that you hear that my mother would always say. Okay, pick yourself up. We aren't quitters, and you know, and and it, it's just like that power. I mean, it's like that's in our DNA. That's in yeah. our DNA. Hmm. Yeah, well, Andrea, thank you so much for being with us. Um, Especially having had dental work, I know how that is. You know, yeah, it's been uh-huh. it's been a, a joy. It's well, truly been a joy. Thank you for inviting me and having me on and for supporting my work. Um, if anybody out there listening to us, you can order the book at Amazon.com. The T is not silent by Andrea Jenkins. So. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna have mine with Definitely. me next time our payoffs cross. So get you the <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, next time we 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 get we see each other, it's gonna be like, okay, you want to sign this now? So, and, yeah, uh, right, I'll right. be, you know, I'll be gonna sign you. Yeah. I got you. I got you. Yeah, yeah so it's gonna make see you in Chicago. Um, a couple of weeks ago, a couple of months ago now, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm sure the yeah. year passes where our paths will cross again. Oh, absolutely. So, Definitely. Absolutely. Okay. So we want to say thank you so much for joining us. And um, we will definitely be watching you on Facebook. If you haven't, watch, go go befriend her. Be, be a friend so you can see what's going on before she gets too many and then you can't become a friend and you're going to be outside the door watching, <laughs> trying to look in. Yeah. yeah, well, thank you guys for all your support. Mm-hmm. And uh, I love what you're doing. I love this radio program. So um, keep up the good work. Well, okay. And we'll, we'll be calling you. We'll get you back. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll bring yeah. you back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know. I can I can update you. You know, T. Miller was on last week. This week, she was on the cover of our LGBTQ per uh, Between the Lines, talking about the artist and and her poetry. So, um, who was that? We got lots of great poets. Lots of great poets in T. our Miller. family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who was that? I, okay. I, I, I didn't catch your name. Oh, Natasha Miller. She goes by uh, T. Miller when she performs poetry, and she's going to do an artist in here in Detroit, and hopefully she'd like to take it around 
the country, and she performs all over the place, too. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah, yeah. So, so between her, we could have a a full poetry show between you, uh, (laughs) Natasha, Cece, I mean, Cece Carter, all of the many poets that we know, uh, Tim and West. I mean, we have a lot of poets who are in our our corner, uh, in our family. Who so one day we're just going to do a, a live poetry slam. Let's uh-huh. do it. Let's do it. You guys are in Detroit, right? Well, I'm in Detroit, and Terry's in Chicago. I'm in Chicago. Okay. Oh, great. Okay. All right. Well, um. I I'm down. Let me know when. Sounds like <laughs> a plan. Definitely will. Together. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Okay. Thanks so much okay. for having me. Good night. Good night. Good night. Okay. Bye bye. Bye. Mm. That was great. Uh, also, yes, um, was... because because I mean at this at this venue there were also no trans men. So I did um, one of Willie Wilkinson's poems, you know, because it's like, okay, I had to bring our sisters of color in. Wait a minute, there's no trans brother. Okay, let me bring, bring that in. <laughs> let me bring a brother in, too, you know. So. Uh, and they they just showed on the TV about the shooting in Minnesota that she was talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've been reading about that, too, you know. I mean, which is, which is a shame because, I mean, it's sort of like if if you're black, and you look like, you know, you could be scratching. Oh, well, we were afraid. I mean, really, you've got guns, you've got tasers, you've got clubs. You're supposed to have, to have training. Okay, you're supposed to be cool under fire, but you're so afraid mm-hmm. of a young black man that you have to do this. I mean, and that's what you hear again and again. And where they're saying, like, oh, well, I was afraid. He reached in something. I didn't know what it was, you know. Then maybe you shouldn't be in that line of work. Exactly. You know, maybe you shouldn't be in that line of work. If your first instinct when you see a black face is to automatically assume you're so frightened by a black face that in minutes, you know, you're going to gun them down. Maybe, you know, we need to up our standards (laughs) for law enforcement officers and get rid of a whole lot of people. Yeah, I think you know it's it. Something's got to something's got to give because you know you keep hearing about people are like, well, we support the police. Everybody's not, you know, all of them are not bad. No one's saying that you that every police around the country is bad, but there's more of you than there's of them. Now I get this 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 brotherhood, however you want to call it. Well, they got to have your back. Well, that goes the other way too. But you can't keep allowing them to come in your community, destroying your community, because one day it's going to hit family. It's going to hit home. Then what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. You know how loyal. I mean, you know, and, and, how loyal is it then? And you know, and, and there's something that's wrong because you were saying, like in um, in Chicago, they were saying that that a lot of them weren't going to respond to calls because they felt they had been betrayed. Okay, we want you to do your job. We want you to do your right. job right. right. But, you know, this whole attitude, I mean, there's something yeah. wrong with that. Yeah. It's like there should be a thing about community policing. You should be a part of mm-hmm. your community. And where 
You aren't afraid of the community, but more importantly, the community isn't afraid of you, mm-hmm. and we expect mm-hmm. you to come and do your job and right. do your job right. You know, and, I mean, if and, somebody's and breaking into a house, you want them to. Stop. You need to be there. You know, right? But, right, and they can't say that they feel they feel betrayed because it's the community is being betrayed. You're allowing the community to be destroyed, so yet they're gonna try to start looking at you like, well, what are you you not gonna help us? So it's not a betrayal, you know, and I know, like you said, people got that out there. They need to quit using that word because the community right now is feeling betrayed. And, but, you like know, but, it, it, but there is, and like Andrea was talking about too, there does need to be an overhaul of the whole system. From, mm-hmm. I mean, you have black people who are going to prison unjustly, who are overcharged more for being black, you know, for their crime than others. You know, you have people like Cece who, and I would say, you know, it's like, and Cece and Shelley, where it was like, okay, you have to go along with the police because nobody's going to hear your side. You know, Cece took a plea deal because she knew that, you know, the cards were stacked against her. She went, she'd probably be doing long time. But Nobody was was hearing the fact that she was attacked. She was victim. She was the victim. Right. Shelley, you right. mean, had to do, you know, like the police officer said, either you turn confidential and, uh, you know, informant, mm-hmm. or you're going to go to jail. Mm-hmm. And then didn't protect her. So I mean, it's right. like so everywhere from from the police on down. You have people. I know someone who right now, um, their relative has been doing time, and the police officers who arrested them just got indicted for, you know, faking arrests, stealing, doing all these kind of things. And it's like, but they're still sitting in prison, you know. So it's like from the prison on down, this whole system, this whole justice system really has to be revamped, restructured, and it's never has been fair for black people. (laughs) It never has been fair for black people. From the time we were slaves on, we could be arrested, locked up, hung, whatever. You know, this is nothing new. And I think that that's the other thing that people have to recognize. This is not something new. You know, we might, social media means that you hear about what's happening in Minneapolis, that you heard about Trayvon, um, you heard about Freddie Gray, you heard about Michael Brown. But black people have been being shot, choked, locked up, strung up for a long time. So it's nothing new, but how do we stop it? Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And, and and everybody needs to be a part of it. it this can't be one group. It's everybody. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Which also gets back to why you need to vote. <laughs> because, okay, <laughs> if if our the congressmen do their job, they will look at who President Obama has put for Supreme Court and approve him. But the next, if they don't, the next president will not only have Scalia's, Seat to fill, but there's a couple others who are getting up there, and tomorrow isn't promised to anybody that they will fill these seats. Do you want people who are talking about uh, putting police around Muslim neighborhoods? You know, um, uh, one of them today was saying that a woman who has an abortion, there should be some type of punishment. I mean, do you want someone with these very crazy views out there? to do that, to the highest court in the land. We really have to think about it. That's why it's so important. And all those of our 
liberal, non-black and brown uh, friends, our progressive quote-unquote friends, who are thinking like and quietly saying, oh, well, you know, I could go with a, with a Cruz or, or uh, I'm standing up and saying no to Trump, no to Cruz, we don't believe in this. Guess what? When they're talking about that, it isn't just black and brown kids and black and brown people who are going to end up being oppressed by this. Some of you are too. Right. 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 I'm not going to just stop here. The bug doesn't just stop here. It's going to stop it. It's going to hit everyone. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. that's what you know. So many of them are thinking. They're thinking it's that brown. It's gonna be black people and brown people, you know, uh, who are gonna be the ones who who are gonna. Oh well, lock them up and clean up our streets. We are not the problem. Right. <laughs> you know, we are not the problem. That's funny. We could possibly be the solution. Mhm. Huh, huh, oh. huh. That's sad. Well, mm-hmm. we know we've told you before at the top of the show. We'll tell you at the end of the show. You definitely need to go register, look up your state, find out, mm-hmm. make a call. Um, like Michelle said, when we find out information, we will post it. But you need to vote. You need to let your voice be heard. One person can change something. And you might be that one. And you need to be out there and active in your community and bring those voices, just like Andrea provides a voice so that you can touch, get touch with your humanity and talk about the condition and talk about what's going on. We all need to, we've had some, and actually we've had some pretty great guests lately who uh-huh. are talking about making a difference in their community, some through, you know, look at what T-Mail is talking about, an artist in with a community garden and being part of it, with LeWayne who went from, you know, being involved with drugs, uh, being an award-winning journalist and writing books and giving back to his community. I mean, we've had so many people on all this year who show how you can make a difference. You know, voting is one way, but you can make a difference in how you walk through this world. And so that's what we want you to do. Yep. We definitely appreciate you for the support. And can we talk for real you know, um, whether you're online with us, uh, listening to your computers, come back to the archive, you're still part of the family, and we support you. We just need to make sure you're supporting everybody else because it takes all of us mm-hmm. to do it. And so, don't forget, if you haven't made your contribution to the artist's den, you know, right. if you want to have dinner with Terry and I in, in Detroit at the artist's den, hey, make a contribution. That's right, that's right, because as soon as you do and they, they announce the winners, me and Michelle will be, well, I'll be making the trip to Detroit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> For sure. For sure. Mm-hmm. So, Michelle, what's uh, on the on the books for next week? Well, it's cooking, so we'll just go hold that thought. <laughs> well, all righty then. We're going to have you, we're going to have you watch the Facebook page. We're going to bring, it's going to be a surprise. Yeah. And as we ease yeah, it in, we'll be like, oh. We'll know it by Friday, but it, it's cooking. We've always got something on the back burning cooking for Can We Talk For Real. <laughs> exactly, exactly. We always bring That's in surprises. Right. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. Well, you enjoy. I know you probably have a busy week the rest of the week. Yeah, yep. Uh, it's been a long <laughs> week already, and it's only Wednesday, you know. Exactly. But, um, I mean, really, you know. 
uh, it's, it's really crazy. But um, hopefully let's talk over the weekend. And, Terry, you have a good night. Get some rest. Ah, you too. I will. Appreciate it. Okay. So from that, All folks, right. we'd like to tell you good night. Good night. Good night, Michelle. Mm-hmm.